There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Our machine will randomly select some names to go into a quiz at the end of this hour, and you can hear the two contestants going live head to head on air. It's quite exciting. So do it get is. your name in because we get a lot of texts after the quiz. People say, That I sounded done fun. Better. I yeah. could have done that. How do I enter? So text 19 your name to 4001, and you can be in with a chance of joining in that quiz. Somebody that might be able to answer the psychology of why people want to text in after they've heard someone <laughs> after they've heard someone take part in the quiz is Dr. Kieran Hilliard, who's a psychologist at LifeWorks Foundation. Thanks for coming in, Dr. Kieran. Always good to see you on the programme. Thank you very much. But it's not actually that rare. If someone hears someone doing a bad job, they're like, oh, I could do it better. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're probably not that surprised that uh, we get lots more text messages after the competition. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, if you wanted to give that a label, I'd probably call that the hindsight bias. So okay. after the fact, things always look easier or more obvious than we really should give ourselves credit for than if we were making that judgment beforehand. So yeah. Everything it, always feels easier after the fact. <laughs> is there a psychological term for the kind of person who thinks, yeah, I can do it, and then they get on air and they hear that they're live and yeah, suddenly they, they clam freeze. up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's probably a form of performance anxiety when you know that, oh, my gosh, how many hundreds of thousands of people are listening to me yeah. right now and if I take too long and then it's going to be embarrassing and all. So it's it's that moment. It's the same thing as when people freeze up taking an exam or something like that. Okay, so you're not here just to talk to us about why people text <laughs> no, in after the competition. And why you should text in for the competition. <laughs> you are actually here to talk to us about the psychology of Arsenal. Of course, quite a serious subject we're talking about today with you, Dr. Kieran. But I think one of the big questions is, you know, the arson, uh, for most people are aware, it's when someone sets a fire deliberately. Yes. There's usually malicious intent, but not always. Mm. Um, and you wonder, why does somebody want to cause damage to maybe someone's home, right. someone's property? What generally are we seeing in, in terms of a mindset for a person that might commit arson? Uh, well, it's a very good question. And it, and it comes back to what the motive for lighting the fire Mm. Uh, was. So generally we categorize as six general motives for why people might do it. Um, first one is vandalism. Second one is excitement. Third is revenge. Uh, fourth is crime concealment. Fifth is profit. And the sixth is, ex is extremism. So if we look at, say, the recent incidents that have happened in Greece um, mm. and in California, for example, where it's these big bushfires, usually... Um, fires like that where it's a lot of damage it's people who have lit them for excitement or some yeah. form of stress release uh, and often they're not planning on hurting anybody they think that you know if I light it in this location it's either I'll be able to control it so yeah. I can put it out once um, it reaches a certain level or it's so isolated area, no one's going to get hurt anyway. But it, as we've seen in cases like that, it just takes a very simple change in the wind or something, any form of weather conditions, and they can really burn out of control. So coming from Australia, where bushfires are um, a consistent problem, yeah. particularly in the summer, but throughout the year, uh, they do a lot of research and there's a lot of consideration about general fire protection. Um, and so arsonists are... Anyone who's caught for arson in Australia is just um, treated horribly in terms of media coverage because it's considered one of the, the worst things you can do. And it's, it's interesting you're talking about something topical because you see some of these are naturally occurring fires, of course, but what you often get then is people who know there are natural fires, people mm. are fighting these fires, mm. and then they deliberately 
add to an already stressful situation by starting another one. Yeah, yeah. And there's actually cases of firefighters who will light fires. Uh, and no, so, yeah. No. Oh, that's yes, that's um, that's very well documented because um, now it's the case that firefighting um, departments will actually screen and assess for this to see if someone's entering um, the firefighting oh, wow. service because of that. And so that comes back to that primary motive of excitement um, where for them it could be that they like being caught up in in the action and the activity of putting out the fire. But in order for them to do that, there needs to be a fire. So they might help with that. Or they want to be the hero in the situation. Um, So they might start it. Common ones are, again, bushfires, but it might be starting a fire in a building. um, And maybe it's an abandoned building or something, because then you want to be the person who alerts police or something like that. Does this go back in terms of humans' relationship with fire? That must right. that must play a big role here because there's something innately in our in some people's brains that gets excited by fire, and mm. it's something so it's almost primitive. Yeah, yeah, especially amongst kids. Uh, for kids to engage in some fire setting behaviors is quite normal. Um, it is certainly if it becomes quite dangerous or they're doing it a lot, then it can indicate some more problematic issues like conduct disorder or something like that. Um, but generally, yeah, there is. We are fascinated by fire. Um, so you're right. It comes back to that issue of it's so it's, it's captivating. It's quite meditative for some people. Um, and this idea of this quite simple thing that I have created has been able to destroy mm. um, all of this stuff. It, it does cre- generate for some people a sense of, of power. But for other people, it is pri- it's, it's primarily around, so if it's for vandalism, for example, um, fire setting is quite a common gang initiation strategy. Really? Yeah. Uh, kids will be asked to, rather than, you know, stealing a car, it might be, you know, you need to sneak into this abandoned factory and start a fire in there. Um, and so it's it's either some some degree of thrill seeking, but often it's to hide some other behavior. So you might have burgled a, a space, and so now you want to set a fire in order to destroy any potential evidence. Yeah. Maybe cameras were recording you or something like that. Um, for other people, they do it for revenge. Um, so often cases where a house has been set on fire is when an individual has had some form of grievance against a former partner or a company that they used to work for. Um, so, or they might set their car on fire. So it's to punish somebody for some perceived injustice. There was a recent story I'd seen over in the UK, and I think it was quite a young boy threw something through a letterbox, probably thinking, you know, I don't know if it was his classmate, but they were quite young, you know, mm-hmm. under 16, and probably was trying to frighten the classmate. They were in sort of an argument and maybe thought throwing something through the letterbox wasn't so serious. It Mm. caught downstairs and the whole family uh, house was set on fire and unfortunately um, there were some fatalities. Mm. Um, So I guess, uh, Dr. Kieran, you um, are are what we call a forensic psychologist and you do a lot of work with people who perhaps have um, entered some kind of criminal criminal behaviour. Is this, I mean, where do you start with treating someone that has um, decided arson is a route they want to go down? How do you deal Mm. with that? And the treatment approach depends on what that motivation was. So mm. let's say for somebody, we do have a disorder um, in the psychological literature called pyromania. 
yeah. uh, which people might be familiar with. Often the, the term arsonist and pyromaniac is used interchangeably, but um, they do indicate something quite different. So a pyromaniac is someone who sets fires because they get some form of pleasure or release or enjoyment from it. It could be sexual, but often it's just more about a stress release. Uh, and so if we're dealing with somebody like that, then the um, treatment processes that we're going to use are going to focus more around coping strategies, um, stress management techniques, communication skills, if um, part of that sense of stress is building up because they're not communicating issues mm. that they're having with close ones around them. Um, so that might be one treatment approach, whereas for somebody else, if they are doing it for crime concealment purposes, for example, so often you'll have um, people who will set a fire in order to mask the uh, a, another crime taking place. Um, and so then you're looking at this person's problem-solving capacities and like, okay, at that time that was what you thought was the best option that was available to you um, and helping them to uh, understand the consequences of the type of behaviour that they're doing because, uh, again, they often don't think um, far enough ahead about the possible consequences that someone really might get hurt if I lose control of this situation. And then you have other people who do it for profit for example, yeah. so someone might set a fire in order to um, make an insurance claim um, or to write off debts that they might owe in their company or something. Uh, and so, again, it's looking at, well, again, what was the problem solving um, process that you went through that you thought that was the best option available to you? Um, and looking at what else could you do in a situation when you're feeling quite pressured. Uh, so it's, it's different depending on the reason that they did it. That's all we've got time for. It always goes very quickly when we talk to you. Uh, Dr. K Dr. Kieran Hillier is a psychologist at LifeWorks Foundation. Dr. Kieran, always lovely to catch up with you. And what an interesting and timely topic. Thank you. Lovely to be here. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.